0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dates and Yak show. I am Amber Yaklin.
1: I'm Chris Dayton.
0: And we are coming to you live today. So we are going to talk today about professionalism and who you surround yourself with and why it matters.
1: That's a pretty big deal, isn't it?
0: I mean, yeah. And I don't think it's something that you know is a big deal until you start surrounding yourself with the right people and then you look back and go, oh, oops.
1: Well, like, I... It's almost gonna be summed up so quickly and so this could be the shortest podcast in the whole world. You're a mom, right?
0: Yeah, this is true.
1: True. Truth. And do you care who your kids hang out with? Oh yeah. So did my mom. So did her mom. So did her mom. So end of story. Great. Have a wonderful week. Yes. We'll catch you next week.
0: <laughs> it really matters. <laughs> Actually it's funny that you mentioned that because I just had a conversation with another mom. So this is what moms do, right? We go to birthday parties. And they're awful. They're excruciating. And we, like, find a corner and we all chat about how we hate being there. But, like, our kids are having a blast. And uh, we started talking about stuff at school and during the summer, like play dates and things like that. When our children are being bullied or... Um, are, are have somebody who's entering a situation or a friendship circle, mind you, that they're in, and they start bringing something negative to that situation and how we tell our kids to handle it, right? right? So there's two things. One, there's a way that we would like to handle it in the savage real world, which is I want to go to a playground, I want to rough up a five-year-old, and I want to go home, right? But that's not <laughs> really how – your mama bear comes out real quick in me.
1: But that's not – My question, do you would, would you know like um, – Street Fighter MMA style, or would you go, like, hockey, pull their jersey up over their head and start them? Like, what would you so, do?
0: So, my personal style is very, like, hand that rocks the cradle-ish. Like, you show up on the playground, you get real close to the kid, you whisper something, like, deep and brooding and scary, and then you, like, walk away, and you're like, don't make me come back. But, like, they're five, so you have to restrain yourself, because society looks down on that, and I don't want to be banned from, like, you know, a forty a four-mile radius of my daughter's school. So... <laughs> Instead, I have to teach her a life skill that she's got to take somewhere into adulthood. I've got to try to plant a seed that she can later go and recall when she's in this situation again as an adult, right? And there's right. no right way to do this. Uh, but when you want to talk about, like, who do you want your, you mm-hmm. yourself to surround yourself with? Who do you want our kids to surround themselves with? So last summer, we were at the pool. It's like a swim club, public pool type of thing. You know, there's members. We were guests there with a friend. And my daughter and two other girls were playing in the pool and they had like dolls and whatever People bring like their Barbies and their little squirt guns, whatever They're all having a blast And then this other family comes up, starts talking to my friends, everybody knows each other That little girl starts to go play Here comes my daughter in tears Two things you got to know about my oldest She's super overly emotional Just like I was as a kid So sometimes it's a little dramatic Two, she's a really good-hearted kid so it makes me sad when somebody is excluding her. And she said, that girl came and said, they, those are her friends, and I can't play with any of them. Hmm. So what do you do? Do you go say, you have to play with my daughter, right? Which is what some parents would do. Like, hey, we all get along. We're all going to include each other, right? That's one avenue that we sometimes take as parents.
1: No, you say, you're wearing pink, and it's Wednesday, and you can't
0: sit with us. You can't sit with us. <laughs> Sweatpants are all that fits me right now. Um, or the avenue that I chose to take this particular day, I said, you don't want to hang out with those people then. And you're going to go find a new friend. And it's not what she wanted to hear and it made her cry even harder. And she probably thought I was the meanest mom in the whole world. But I am trying to instill in her that if somebody treats you that badly and tries to exclude you, that you have to have an air about you to not care what other people think of you. And you've got to move on and find somebody better to surround yourself with
1: it's always about bringing perspective, right? Because that's what what you're doing in that situation. You're a parent. You understand that, you know, it's Mia, right? Yeah. Eight? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven years old. You understand because you're older and have been through the process that, you know what? You're going to go through school. You're going to have friends. They're going to come and go. Uh, You're going to meet new people. You're going to have good connections with other people. It's not the end of the world. Even though their perspective is very limited because they're seven and they don't have any other experience. And so everybody operates all the time out of the experiences that they have personally had. So I think it's great. You gotta, you gotta bring that perspective. But isn't that true in business too? Where you have to find people who have been down that road, been in the business that you've been in, uh, careful who you take advice from, because just because they've been around doesn't mean that they have good advice. You know? Right. In this case, if you're her parent, and, I guess that doesn't absolve. I mean, there are plenty of parents that there. Are, are
0: plenty of bad parents, too. Yeah, I mean, but and... Like, by and
1: large. You know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah, I mean, who do you surround yourself with, and then what do you carry with that? I mean, do you have a group of friends that all they do is gossip and talk negatively of other people, and how do you feel when you leave that group? Do you sometimes feel like, well, if they're saying this about somebody else, what are they saying about me when I leave? Yeah,
1: I would love to know what they said about me.
0: Right. And maybe you don't have that perspective at some point in your life, but at another point you might meet a different group of people that you surround yourself with and go, oh, I can sit here and have a conversation and it's uplifting and positive and these people want what's best for me and I want what's best for them and nobody's ever excluded or made to feel bad. And you're like, huh, now you've got two different scenarios right? and you've suddenly just been elevated. And I don't mean elevated like you're better than somebody else. I just mean, you've gotten that new experience now. So you're growing and not everybody reaches that, right? Like there, I call it like Neverland. Like there are some people where like time has stood still for the last 10 years and they're still exactly where they are and they're not going anywhere. And it's from their own mindset limitations. So kind of to go on our last podcast, how much can we be responsible for trying to help? Like, right, like where's the helpline of mm-hmm. I want to help pull you into an elevated status of yourself to make your life better. But yet, if they don't want to go there with you, when do you cut the cord?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of times where you're, you're teaching or you're, you're the expert and you're in a scenario where uh, people are there to listen to you talk or you're teaching or whatever. I very rarely like doing that. I like to be learning. I love surrounding myself with other people who have different experiences, different perspectives on things, because I like to listen. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's lacking in our country right now, is people who will slow down enough to listen and actually hear what other people are saying and construct real solutions instead of yelling for the sake of yelling. They can't even hear each other, and it's going nowhere. And they're those people that are never gonna change, never gonna grow, their life is never gonna be better. And the reality is, you know what here's a, here's a real good perspective for anybody like if you're a real estate agent and you're worried about like what's happening in politics and things like that you need to grow up because it doesn't matter it does not matter who the president is I hate to bring that to you and if you think so fuck you you're an idiot <laughs> for real and uh, I just said that and you can call me but for real you are dumber we will than share that number
0: at the end of the show <laughs> <laughs> you can call me
1: right now but for real if you're basing what somebody else is going to do that doesn't affect you you need to set goals. You need to take care of you. You need to go find people who want to be uh, moving forward and creating and building. I mean, there's all kinds of – there's, like, shows all over. I mean, well, wow, Gary Vaynerchuk says essentially the same thing.
0: Yeah, he's just much more famous. Yeah, yeah. but it doesn't change the,
1: the, the plot line, so to speak, or the well, mindset.
0: it's funny, too, because this can come from a lot of different avenues, right? This, there's, a, there's, a, there's two ends of this. It's not caring what people think. And not for the sake of just being a badass and doing whatever you feel like doing. It's because it limits you. Right. If you are stuck on what somebody else's opinion is of you, you are never going to move forward. But at the same time, having the empathy, sympathy, and humanity to hear what's happening in someone's life and try to put yourself in their shoes... And show them that level of kindness, right? Right. So bringing it back into professionalism, do you feel that professionalism is a lifestyle, a way that you dress, a way that you portray yourself? Is it the people you surround yourself with? What constitutes a professional?
1: 100% choice. In my opinion, being a professional is a choice. It's how you handle yourself. It's how you communicate with others. It's the standards that you self-impose on yourself that reflect professionalism into the community that you're trying to serve. You know who's really good at that? Ken Posick.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: My buddy Ken, we have we, good friends while wow, he was up here in Michigan. He's now down. He's a real estate agent down in Orlando. crushing me. Like
0: literally, he just got like top 20 under 40. I mean, he literally is like just a side.
1: giant. It's so funny because I posted on this thing too, like you now said. Did you see my post? No. I put fake news. <laughs> <laughs> but then I followed up with, here's the reason it's fake. Because he's like number one in all, Florida. Come on.
0: Yeah. Stop limiting so yourself to
1: Florida. Anyway, Anyway, uh, Ken, kind of when you listen to this, there's your shout out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, but for real, this guy embodies professionalism. And you know what? I happen to know that he's worked really, really hard to surround himself with great people. And he's one of the masters at it. And he's very careful who he lets into his world and what influences he has into his life. But his evolution of professionalism is is remarkable. And now I think, uh, you know, last month he did, you know, like $4 million in sales. Uh, And this is – he moved to a new market, right? Right. New state. New state. Half – all the way across the country from Michigan to Orlando, Detroit to Orlando. Didn't know anybody. He doesn't have family down there. Moved him, his wife, his two kids – had a third while they're down there now. Yep. They've only been there for less than two years, and he's already established himself as one of the top best people. Why is that? Professionalism. That's why.
0: So here is, like, I love what you said about the evolution of professionalism, right? Because I think we have this idea coming out of high school, going into college. It's how we dress. It's a status. It's what we drive. It's what job we have. And I learned, I was going to say very early on, that's a lie. I learned slowly and painfully what true professionalism is and what, um, and, and just having that, that mark of your clients trusting you and, and showing them that professionalism. And it came slowly. When I had my first quote unquote office job, I think about, I wanted to try to find the right clothes. I couldn't really afford them. Who goes out there and buys like, you know, suits that they can't afford. And um, I modeled myself after some managers that I worked for who were really great role models. I had some amazing managers who were great role models, Mm -hmm. um, but some of them just weren't. And that's what I tried. I tried to model myself after what I saw in my 20s. I modeled myself after people in my family, what I thought marriage looked like, what I thought success looked like. I was chasing after all the wrong things. And I can't tell you when it clicked, but it was a long time coming. Um, and then coming into real estate, we talked last episode about how that fear stops you from even getting started. Right. One of my biggest fears was, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear to this meeting? What am I going to wear to this closing? What does my car look like to other people? And about a year in, when I finally established like more of a clientele and a sphere, and people knew that I was good at what I did, and I was in that word of mouth business, right. I figured out that While, yes, you should dress appropriately, first impressions are great, I show up to my first listing appointment in nicer looking clothes, my hair is done, my makeup's on, the whole nine yards. I'm not showing houses in heels anymore. You know why? By the time we go to see a house, we've developed such a good rapport that if it's Michigan winters, which you know how bad, if you live here, you know that we get dumped on with snow. And I literally, my first year, was showing up in high heels and my nice shoes And I was like, this last winter, I was like, hi, here's my boots and my long parka because we live in Michigan, but we already established that professionalism. And it's not in the clothes that I'm wearing or the high heels that I show up in. It's in my commitment to serving my clients the best that I can. And they see that
1: growth in your knowledge of your expertise, speed of uh, response. Yeah. You know, all those things matter. That's that's what customers care about. And
0: that didn't just come out of nowhere. That came from a year of learning, of I, I sacrificed a little bit less time with my kids. Not much. I mean I always say how real estate's one of the most flexible careers I think on the planet. Doesn't mean that you don't work. It means that it's flexible. It means that I take phone calls in the car on Bluetooth with three kids in the back. That's what it means. And so I sacrificed a little bit more childcare that first year. And what was I doing, Chris? I was in the office. I was learning how to write a purchase agreement. I was learning how to negotiate. I was learning all the things that you need to do to get a deal done. And then the next deal got a little easier and then a little easier, even with the challenges that came to the point where now I do. of all the work I do other than physically going out to show houses or physically going to a listing appointment in my living room.
1: You know how much I'm amazed that agents don't read the paperwork? You want to talk about being professional? Read the paperwork. Know what it means. Know how to explain it. That's your job. Right. But people go, oh, I'm going to fill out this form. Here, sign here. This is an agency disclosure form. Uh, Sign here. This is an exclusive buyer agency form. Or this is a listing contract. Sign here. This is a... Whatever form. Seller's disclosures. Why? Why sign here? What what am I signing? And if you can't explain it, or... You lose credibility. Quick. You know, those are like contracts. And they're numbered. What does number 18 mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you a U.S. citizen? It's pretty basic.
0: Right. (laughs) I like that you memorized that one. And another thing, too, here's a level of professionalism. Yes, as we start doing deals, as with any job, it becomes secondary to us. It's second nature. It's like one thing after another. We know the forms that need to be filled out. We know what a seller's disclosure form is. We know that nobody cares about lead-based paint in this industry, right? But to a client who's buying a house for the first time, they're like, what does this mean? Am I going to die? Am I going to die? Is there blood in this house? And it's about just having the knowledge to not just explain it away, but just explain it and be truthful. Yesterday, I went on a listing appointment, right? This woman is... I mean, she's not... She's a little bit older. She's owned the house for 30 years. Her husband's in failing condition, and she needed to not only sit down with me and understand what her house was going to be worth, but then figure out how she was going to get rid of things. Um, Her husband's in the hospital currently, so everything that I'm telling her, she has to then go explain to her husband to get the okay, because they're in a marriage, and they each are on the title. So I took the time yesterday. I went through the entire listing contract with her. And the documents, and I showed her, not for her to sign, for her to understand. Right. Then she can go speak to her husband, and then I'm going to go back with those documents for them both to sign. Is it an extra trip? Yes. But guess what? You take care of people, and it's going to come back to you tenfold, isn't it? That's the rule of life.
1: It does, and I mean, so you surround yourself with people who are professionals, and immediately it starts to rub off on you. I got a guy, Bruce Rosenblatt, from Capital Mortgage Funding. I, you know, we've got other relationships and things like that. But this guy is a professional. He looks the part. Uh, you know, not that that's a big deal. But, I mean, like initially, yeah. like we talked about, you got to make a good impression. Always does that he's kind, uh, caring, incredibly knowledgeable. And you know what? He started helping me with some situations, like providing perspective. So that's what I try to surround myself with, is people who can provide me perspective. Like I talked about Marx, Elias from the first American title. Same thing. Oh, he's such Top, a great guy. Top-notch professional. Top-notch. Uh, you've got Crystal France from Summit Funding, who understands mortgages. She calls back clients. She brings a perspective to the process that we're in this industry together. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I want to be around people who are successful at their respective endeavors.
0: And being the agent on the other side, too. Now, there is the highest level of professionalism. Guys, we know this. This is not a million-dollar listing. We are not on the phone screaming at each other to get numbers done. That is made for TV scripted stuff. Let's be for real. you are not winning an Emmy. We're not (laughs) winning. And you know what? At the end of the day, we are two professional people coming together to do what? Help both of our clients with the same goal. One wants to buy the house. One wants to sell the house. That's all that needs to happen. And we're here to facilitate that so that they don't get in their own way. But when I get roadblocked by another agent, or even worse, when I get roadblocked by my buyer's lender, who doesn't want to share information with me or send me an appraisal report, so then it makes everything happen two days later than it should have had, and then they're like, "Oh, we need an extension." I am representing the same client as you. I'm here to help. You're not sharing financial information with me.
1: Right. The appraisal came. It's in the well.
0: appraisal report. I need to know what the house appraised for. It's just wild to me. That to me is the highest level of professionalism. How do you talk to other people? How do you talk to the janitor at your kid's school? How do you talk to the busboy picking up your dishes? Yeah. How do you treat those people? That is your level of professionalism. If you don't know how professional you are, there you go. That's
1: the bar. Yeah, I love going out to eat with people and watching how they interact with the server.
0: Oh, yeah. You know instantly what kind of person you sitting down to dinner with.
1: Yep. It's almost back to that strawberry shake. I mean, who are you mad at? You're mad at a four-hour, dollar an hour employee. Why are you getting mad at a server?
0: Or like when you go to a restaurant, they're like, "We're out," and you're like in an uproar because they're out of fish or they're out of Stella. Oh,
1: that's <laughs> <enough.
0: It's> unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I was back in my serving days, I would have to say we're out of a dish or we've ran out of this. And people would just be in an uproar. Uh, I, I, so I worked at California Pizza Kitchen. Okay.
1: Pizza on demand. Pizza on demand. No, that's a little Caesar.
0: Our shit. menu changed. So they took some things off the menu. This woman wanted to have a five-minute conversation with me about how she misses the miso shrimp salad. And finally I said, "If." You think that they let me make those kind of high-level executive decisions? Then you don't know what I do for a living. <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> and I only got that brazen in my 30s when I went back to serving because I'd had my first and second child. And I did another short stint in serving. I had done it long enough where I knew that this woman was going to be ridiculous. She didn't call the manager over. And for all I know, they're not going to – first of all, they're not going to fire me. All you people are like, I'm going to talk to the manager. It means nothing. When you leave, we talk about you behind your back. But if it makes you feel better, call him over because he's going to be on the same page. If that is what is upsetting you in your life, that's your bar of professionalism.
1: (laughs) That reminds me of the guy (laughs) that called me about you. (laughs) Oh, yes. Remember that? Yes. So this
0: is a great lesson for new agents because I, I mean, I'm newer still, you know, I talk about like, I'm like, I'm some seasoned agent. I know I've done a lot, but I'm still, you know, fairly new years wise, we'll say. And uh, one of the first things you taught me was the biggest money saver in the world. You do not show a house without a pre-approval and you get a buyer contract signed. And I've had people say they didn't want to do it. And I'll go into that another day about why that's so important and the money. And we'll talk about the money that right. you can lose and money we have lost because of that. Uh, but, yeah, I told this guy that, you know, we needed a pre-approval. I confirmed the appointment with him the day of, about, I don't know, 30 minutes, hour before, like I normally do, and said, great, we're going to meet here. Uh, be sure to bring your pre-approval. We'll go over the buying process, and then we'll go see the house. And he said, uh, I'm not bringing any financial documents or pre-approval. Well I said, "Well, you have to be pre-approved in order to see a house." And he said, "I have seen dozens of homes without a pre-approval." And I went to you and you said, Pff. "So dozens of agents drove this guy around <laughs> and how much money did they make And he was living he he wrote a nasty message on our
1: Facebook page. Oh, he's like, I'm going to call your he said, boss. He goes, like, I'm going to call <laughs> your
0: boss. And I said, here's Chris's number. And I sat in the office while Chris talked to him. And then he got off the phone and we laughed and we laughed. And there was a huge lesson to be learned there, though.
1: Well, the lesson is we were representing the seller. We represent the seller. It was our listing, I believe. Yeah. And he wanted to see it. Well, our our seller had asked that nobody see the house that can't afford the house.
0: That's any seller's and, request. That's
1: yes, Every seller doesn't want it. It's not a... Hey, I'm selling my home. Whoever in the world wants to come in here can. No, it's only people who can buy the house. Now, he didn't want to, he may or may not have been able to. Who knows? That was He probably point.
0: could have. That's not even the point.
1: That's not the point. The
0: point is this But is... I
1: didn't know him. I literally said, I'm like, I'm sorry, have we met? Do I know you? I, I don't know anything about you. For all I know, you you know, you're broke and busted living under a bridge in Buckman on I ninety four. You know? But and or you could be a multimillionaire. It, I don't know. I don't know the answer. But it, you're not helping me because you're not giving me what I need to solve and answer that question. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But I'm also not going to waste my time.
0: Because again, there's a level of professionalism that also protects yourself against people who want to steal your time, which is stealing your money. Right. And there are people out there who do want to just go look at houses. And that's great because I bet you there's a lot of agents. They can
1: do that on Sundays when it's an open house. Correct. Correct.
0: And I'm sure that there's agents who don't know any better to get a buyer contract, which we are going to talk about our next podcast. You need to hear that. The real reason that you want to get that signed um, and how it's uh, not a hindrance to your any new client. It's helpful. Yeah, for that. I've got
1: an $18,000 lesson I'll teach you next week.
0: So, guys, uh, we want to hear about your professionalism stories. What is your level of professionalism? What is your idea of professionalism? Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. And we actually, uh, you can either jump on our Facebook page. We are the Dayton Group. We are uh, located here in Southeast Michigan, uh, servicing quite a large area of Southeast Michigan with our team. Uh, We are powered by EXP Realty. Or you can give us a call at the Dates and Yaks show here at 248-934-1212.
1: Two four eight nine three four one two one two. What a great number! Yeah, (laughs) picked that out. You are so silly. silly. Nobody
0: thinks Chris is better than Chris. (laughs)
1: That is not true. I'm kidding. Lots of people. All right, well, we're going to
0: give shout-outs to some really great people. I'm going to give one last shout-out before we go to you, Chris Dayton. Shut up. Uh, Yeah, this is not even even like a kiss-ass moment. This is truly, you guys, when we talk about when you're starting out in this business, surrounding yourself with the right people, Chris has taught me more about mindset than he's ever taught me about anything else, and it is a game-changer, right? I mean, I really was standing in my own way in a lot of ways when I first started out. I was very insecure. Um, I didn't feel that I was as professional as everybody else. I didn't know anything and it showed and it showed on every part of me. So thank you because I confidently can go from, you know, switching gears from real estate to real life. Um,
1: and
0: it shows in, in my, in my numbers.
1: It's, it's always fun to be with people who understand that it's all about mindset. The other stuff, you can learn a contract, you can learn anything, but if you have the right mindset. You can accomplish anything.
0: Well, you're great at building people up and really showing them what they're good at. Because it's, it's not easy to look internally and say, these are my strengths and my skills. We're taught kind of in this society to be a little bit more, I mean, I think humble is the wrong word. Because you can still be humble and know what your strengths and skills are. Um, and you're really great at pulling that out of people. So, thank you.
1: I learned it from a guy named Lloyd O'Dell. There, there, you, there you go. Shout out to Lloyd. So, Don't pay it. it forward. Pay That's it forward,
0: guys. All right. We can't wait to hear from you. And uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Bye-bye.